From WIS Politics in Madison, you're listening to Capital Chats. Hello, everybody. This is Kate Morton, a reporter with WIS Politics, here with the Capital Chats podcast brought to you by Spectrum. Today, I'm here with my colleague Adam Kelnhofer to talk about his interview with Representative Evan Goyke on shared revenue. So, Adam, what did you talk about? Hi, Kate. Yeah, I got to catch up with Representative Goyke about the shared revenue bill, which is a really important piece of legislation for Milwaukee, the state's biggest city, because they are kind of facing a fiscal crisis here with uh, a lot of looming pension obligations for former city employees. So let's just hear what Representative Goyke has to say about what it's going to take for Democrats to get on board with a shared revenue bill. Welcome to the show, Representative Evan Goyke. It is wonderful to have you on today. How are you today? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. It's busy, busy time in the legislature, but but I'm hanging in there. It is a very busy time. Uh, a lot of your time actually has been occupied by shared revenue negotiations. Is that right? That's right. Um, so, so yeah. Um, yeah, why- something I've worked on for, for a lot of you. It's occupied my time for a number of years. So I'm, I'm excited and happy that stuff is moving forward, um, you know, and obviously we're going to have a conversation about how I think uh, it could be a little bit different. And um, but but again, you know, as somebody that's worked on it for a while, um, I'm, I'm excited that there is progress and things are moving forward. Do you are, are negotiations continuing then? I think so. Uh, you know, I'm not a member of the state Senate, but from everything that I have heard and read and everything that WIS politics has has printed, it seems that that way. Um, you know, when the assembly took the bill up, you had a very definitive statement from Governor Evers that his door was open, that he appreciated the uh, work that he and the conversations that he was having with the Republican leaders and that he looked forward to continuing negotiating. You know, we heard a different tune out of the assembly that that they were kind of shutting things down. But I don't know that that's really true. And I certainly hope that people are continuing to talk to one another and and that the Senate is in a posture to make some improvements to the bill and that the assembly is in turn um, open to accepting those changes. Yeah. And uh, I guess actually we should note that you are a Democratic uh, representative from the Milwaukee area, which is, you know, an important note here when talking about shared revenue. Um, Can you kind of talk a little bit about why shared revenue is such a big deal for Milwaukee? Yeah, um, the, the it is for every community, the major source of state aid, uh, local governments are in essence funded by property tax value or property tax income revenue, um, state aid, shared revenue, and um, a mix of, you know, sometimes federal grants and then like fees, parking tickets, uh, wheel tax, um, you know, fees on becoming a licensed professional or business. And and it's important for Milwaukee in, in its shared revenue is important for every municipality right. because we have frozen the funding formula for local governments, um, you know, more than 20 years ago. And so what has happened is local governments have received every every year. It is what you got the year before. And in 2009 and 2011, there were actually reductions in the overall amount. Um, spread out through shared revenue. So local units of government today receive less shared revenue than they did, you know, 15 years ago, despite the fact that costs to, you know, whether that's personnel or 
the raw materials it takes to fill a pothole, the costs of doing business have gone up and the state aid has not. And that's uh, created a lot of pressure uh, to all local units of government. Milwaukee is a bit unique. We are kind of the polar ice cap barometer on the problem uh, because of our size and some of the nature of our community and, and um, the this kind of the we're the largest city in America that doesn't have some kind of dedicated local revenue source to fund city operations. We have seen the city leaders have to take pretty drastic um, action to reduce spending because there's a, an additional state law that requires a balanced budget. So um, local units of government are are left with no choice but reduce services. And we are seeing in very small rural places the need for revenue on things like emergency response, EMS, um, places that have long relied on violent volunteer firefighters needing to go to a professional fire department. And, um, and in places like Milwaukee, the, um, the stress that a large police force and the costs associated with maintaining that police force, um, uh, you know, we just need additional revenue to keep up with the increased costs. Sure. And, and so a, a lot of these talks, especially uh, things that Republicans have been bringing up um, as far as like funding for Milwaukee is they want to make sure um, they want to help Milwaukee. At least that's that's what they say. And uh, they want to make sure that that money goes to certain areas, especially for like public safety and things like that. And one of the ideas uh, Assembly Speaker Voss has is this innovation fund, as he calls it, to kind of um, basically incentivize collaborating services with, you know, neighboring uh, municipalities and stuff. And I know there are a lot of suburbs in Milwaukee that already do that and kind of consolidate services with each other and with Milwaukee. So is that some is that innovation fund like an actual solution you see to solve some of these Milwaukee problems? Uh, I I am skeptical that it is, and there are a number of reasons that I'm skeptical about it. I think the idea of finding efficiency in shared services is something to be explored. So, kind of in broad concept, um, I'm sure that there are efficiencies that we can find. Uh, and that providing some form of state incentive is not a bad idea. Uh, I have actually authored legislation, not anywhere near the innovation fund, but a system that would help communities study where those uh, efficiencies could be found, uh, because many communities simply don't have the staff necessary to ensure that these um, that these shared service agreements, you know, to, to build them out and to, to put them into effect. I was very clear in a previous bill that I wrote about that, that, that it would, would only be appropriate where there's a guarantee that there isn't a reduction of services. Um, what, what, what's different about the innovation fund is as it's currently proposed is that it is uh, in existence for only three years. Uh, that there are some targets of um, the reduction of expenditures, I think 5%, 10% over a staggered number of years that a community would have to meet. And then an, an interesting problem that I don't think anyone has really ever talked about is that it, it, it the bill, the assembly bill forces the Department of Revenue to administer this program, but the Department of Revenue does not have anybody that that does this type of program administration. The bill offers no 
position authority, no dollars for the Department of Revenue. There's been no kind of explanation on how the Department of Revenue will actually execute this program. Um, and so, you know, we, we see this a lot right now in the last several years with the majority party. They just kind of put an unfunded mandate on a state agency, tell the secretary or the governor, find the money to do it. But this is a really, you know, look, you just, you know, we're talking about it's a potentially a $300 million pot of money. There are, you know, some pretty clear statutory guidelines of how municipalities could apply for it. Um, there are over a thousand municipalities. It's not a small endeavor to manage this innovation fund. And so it's been a frustrating um, part of the debate that if the Republicans really want it to be successful, if, if this money is to provide the relief that the proponents say that it will, you have to ensure that the agency responsible for administering it can in fact administer it. And that has just not been part of our debate yet. Um, but but certainly I hope that it becomes a part of the debate because if, if the majority party does move forward with such a large amount of money, we just need to make sure that it can actually be administered and it actually works. Yeah, so that that innovation fund, even even though it is $300 million or proposed $300 million, it's, it's not you know the whole uh, negotiation deal that we're working on here or that I should say you guys are working on, because um, I don't I don't do that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So uh, so on this this whole deal altogether, um, I watched the the floor debate in the assembly when this bill came up, and a lot of uh, you and and other Milwaukee representatives, you know, voiced some really strong concerns about how this is kind of uh, a lot of people pointed to. Uh, basically pushing uh, Milwaukee into a hostage position, like uh, a lot of hostage taking mentions on the floor. Um, so how much, what, what is it really going to take for Milwaukee uh, representatives to get on board with a shared revenue deal here? Well, um, that's a great question. I would love to have a meaningful negotiation around some of the policy provisions the Republicans have added. There is a, maintenance of effort for the entire state of Wisconsin. That is a kind of a way that communities must adhere to the and spend and adhere to the new dollars being sent out in the bill. And then there's an entirely different set of rules that Milwaukee must follow. And I don't, uh, we are given a unique and individualized tool to raise revenue, the local option sales tax. We are receiving a lesser percent in shared revenue increase than anyone else. So we're singled out again on that mechanism. But what really strikes me is how many areas of policy and, and how many changes to the operation of city government are required under the bill. And what we put forward, Democrats it put forward, and I spoke to the amendment, I think that for, and I'm speaking for me personally, I can't speak for any other Democrat or any other elected official. Sure. I, I have studied um, the communities of Milwaukee's size that have been granted uh, some form of local option taxation. I can tell you, Adam, that I said earlier, Milwaukee is the largest city in America that doesn't have some form of dedicated local option revenue. It is most commonly sales tax. 
It can be income, payroll, parking, transportation, right? It could be a blend of those. And as I was preparing for the floor debate, I could not find any city in America that had so many strings attached to the operation of their government when they got the local option sales tax. And I admit that I did not look up every single city in America that has a local option sales tax, but I could not find any example. Now, here's what happens. When a local option sales tax is, is created, the legislature says what that money can be used for. And that is exactly what this the Assembly Bill 245 does. It says the money must be used to pay down pension obligations and remainder of that must be used for law enforcement, public safety. Um, that's, that's where legislatures have stopped. They put these guardrails on how the money can be used. And I think that's appropriate. It's not a blank check. It's to be used for these purposes. What Assembly Bill 245 does is it also makes changes on how the school board operates and how the county board and city council operate. It makes changes to our police and fire commission. It prevents us from using, it, it changes how we can fund our streetcar system. It makes changes to say that we cannot use any levied tax dollar for a diversity, equity, and inclusion program. All of those are <clears throat> local control issues of self-government that our elected officials in Milwaukee have enacted. Those are policies that the voters and residents of Milwaukee have chosen via their elected officials. And in I can find no other example in America where the state legislature enacted a local option taxation with so many changes to areas outside of how that tax revenue can be spent. And I think that that strikes me as inappropriate. I, I, when we, we offered an amendment that would provide some unique provisions to Milwaukee about how the money is spent, that includes um, some accountability measures, reports, audits, you know, so that legislative Republicans and the people of Wisconsin can ensure on an annual basis how much sales tax revenue was, re was, was created in Milwaukee, how much went to the pension obligation, how, meant, how much went to law enforcement. We are okay with the transparency and accountability on the revenues and expenditures. It's where the bill continues to creep into other areas of self-government that I have a very serious objection and concern with. Mm, yeah. And I can, I can find no parallel and what I said on the floor, Adam, just to put this kind of wrap this all up, I don't think that there it's I don't think that it's the assembly Republicans currently in office that that divides. I don't think it's about who they are. I think it's about when we're having this debate that the politics in America of 2023 are just different than the politics of a different era when those other when our when our peer cities and peer regions had local option sales tax. So in this moment of hyper partisanship, we just can't have you just can't let go of the moment without kind of poking. I, I don't know that any assembly Republicans vote on Assembly Bill 245 rests solely on whether or not Milwaukee can level, levy taxation to 
use on a diversity program. Hmm. I didn't hear that from any, I mean, which member of the assembly needed that in, in order to vote yes. It has nothing to do with their districts. They're, you know, we heard passionate speeches from the majority about how desperately the townships and rural and villages in rural Wisconsin need funds. I agree with them. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with them getting the amounts that they're getting. That's not my objection. It's, it's that, you know, they continue to reach into how we self-govern and I don't think it's necessary um, and, and appropriate. And again, I just say this again, I cannot find a parallel example of, of another city or another situation like this. And, and so I don't, I just don't think it's a precedent that should be set and that it's appropriate. Thanks for that interview, Adam. If our listeners want to learn anything more about this shared revenue debate, they can head to our website at wispolitics.com. That's right, Kate. But for now, I'm Adam Kellenhofer. I'm Kate Morton. Thanks for tuning in to Wispolitics Capital Chats, brought to you by Spectrum. 